Hey y'all, I'm Jordan Gill, host of the System Samey podcast. More entrepreneurs are seeking freedom and flexibility, but how does that really happen? Systems, of course. I'm lifting the hood to my successful life first business, sharing strategies and thought-provoking prompts to how your business can accomplish the same for you. Let's get it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the System Samey podcast. I am coming to you in a not great soundproof room. However, I wanted to capture my thoughts and my feelings in the moment. So I'm coming to you via 1am <laughs> and this podcast will come out sometime today. And the reason for that is because, you know, we, we have these moments and, and snapshots or milestones in our life and our business. And a lot of times we wait too long to commemorize it, commemorate it, <laughs> uh, if that's the word. Or we just like let ourselves forget about it. And so I wanted to capture this not only because I thought y'all would find it interesting, but because... I wanted it for myself. So I'm going to be sharing the seven lessons from a seven figure only peer mastermind. So I am in a few peer masterminds and I actually am not in any like coach led or person led mastermind right now. And those things aren't bad or those things aren't like, I definitely love of love to invest in those things. And I'm just in a season right now of connection and expansion horizontally and not necessarily vertically, meaning that I just like, I feel good at the level of revenue I'm at right now. And so I'm not necessarily looking to expand and grow and scale and do all the big things. Um, And so Peer masterminds can help with vertical, you know, growth. Um, But I think, again, if you're in maintenance mode, I find peer masterminds to be absolutely stellar. Um, And this is not a a peer mastermind that you, like, there's no sales page for it. There's no, like, anything about it. Um, It's more or less, like, who you know. And... Uh, I was invited into it last year, so I was in it all of 2022 uh, and stayed in it for 2023. And there were were just a lot of really dope things that I've been able to experience within this this group of individuals, as well as in the last 24 hours with this group of individuals. So uh, I want to share them with you. Number one, so I have seven lessons. The first one being that it is so important to be in different rooms. I think a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm just going to be in this person's sphere for years and years and years and years. And I definitely saw value in that as well. And if you aren't spending time in rooms of people who are in different rooms, then a lot of times you can get siloed into this one way of thinking or this one way of doing business or whatever the case is. And what I think is most cool about this peer mastermind is that everyone 
in their, her mastermind, like participates in other masterminds or group programs or courses or certifications, and they know other people and like everyone has their crew or their niche, right? And so with that, we're bringing such vibrant contribution into the room. Like no one wants to come into the room and be like, oh guys, like I didn't do anything the last month. Like, or hey guys, like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times in other masterminds I've been in, it's just very lackadaisical, very complacent almost. And even again, like I said, I'm not in like an intense growth mode or anything. What is most important is that I still want to be in a high vibe, energetic, ambitious room, even if my ambition is less flexed than normal or than usual. So what I love about this mastermind and the lesson I have for y'all and myself is to be in different rooms or be in rooms that other people are being in different rooms. Like it's such a ripple effect. My second lesson is that connections are everything. So um, for this mastermind and how our mastermind is set up, we pull together a certain amount of money and we put that money toward uh, these retreats that we have and then also toward the speaker fee for who we want to uh, speak for us. And so this retreat, we uh, were just incredibly blessed with the opportunity to be uh, in the room with Donna Miller for five or six hours uh, and whatnot to just learn from him. He shared some teachings. He shared a lot of stories. He was very open and generous. Uh, he was different than what I was expecting. I think that I'm not, um, I'm not super familiar with his world. But the things I did know of like who he's affiliated with or different things, I, I didn't want to go in having this like preconceived nice notion of somebody. And I always know that I can learn something from somebody, even though, even if again, my values don't align. And what was cool about Donald Miller and my second lesson was that um, connections are everything, which I preach till the cows come home, because actually one of our mastermind members went to school with Donna Miller's wife. And so this was an awesome connection for us. We still paid a speaker fee, obviously, um, and whatnot. But I, again, it's just like, you never know who you know and who they know and who they know knows, <laughs> right? So, just again, if you feel as though you are siloed or uh, not, not seeing the opportunities that you want to see, again, connections, connections, connections. I'm like connecting with at least one new person like every single day. This is not a drill. Um, it can be a lot sometimes, um, but it's, it's what I enjoy and I wouldn't see it any other way. But it was really awesome to, again, be in a room where it was just very, 
like guard down very um i mean we literally were like in the like back i guess conference space um outside of his house right so um just a very private space but yeah he just he shared so many things and i'll definitely share some of the things that i am taking away which is actually the third lesson and he talked about this really early on and uh, he mentioned these like three i guess business personalities in your leadership team and this was interesting because i felt like i definitely embody all three of these personalities fairly well um, but there's definitely one that I think is actually who I am. And it may not be the one that you think. So uh, the first personality is the artist. Okay, so the artist is somebody who is creative and obsesses about the products, right? So this is a person who generally is like a teacher by nature or they are really in service of the community, all of that sort of stuff. And... Uh, Donald um, Miller said that this is who he is. So he loves to write books. He loves to be in a room full of, so again, the book writing is the obsession of the product, obsession of the frameworks of the teaching. And he also does like to be in like smaller rooms, like the 20 people that I was um, in the room with and talking about his frameworks. And then the second personality in like the leadership side of your team is the operator. This is somebody who obsesses about systems and processes, very detail-oriented, not an ideas person by any means. And again, like that pretty much explains it. And this third personality is the entrepreneur. <laughs> and this is somebody who um, knows how to make money, is willing to ask for money, and generally is either in a marketing or sales capacity. I was really torn for a while because I'm like, I feel like I'm all of these things. Like I literally have a background in operations. I also literally have a background in curriculum development. So creating frameworks and products and understanding the process of instruction, right? And I also, I know how to make money. Like I don't have a problem asking for money. I am very comfortable in the role of marketing and sales. I also really enjoy like obviously partnerships and collaborations. So I'm curious if you're an active listener of the podcast, which one you think that I am. And I actually asked the question of if, if I feel like I sit between two of these or all of these, like, how do I start to chisel this down into knowing which one I am? And, you know, for him, he was talking about that he is the artist for sure, because if he was unable to write books or unable to be in like small rooms of people, like it would just crush him. And I was like, mm, I'm not the artist. <laughs> because while I do love to share my frameworks and I'm good at it. I don't think that I would be crushed if someone told me that I couldn't do it. So that narrowed it down kind of to operator and entrepreneur, right? And 
what I think will probably surprise you is that I actually think I'm the entrepreneur. I love finding win-wins, right? And for me, that's how I view sales is like a win-win. Like if it's not a win-win, then I don't, I don't want you to buy it or I don't want you to, you know, invest in it. And also if I don't think you're qualified or if I don't think that you're a good fit for one reason or another, then I'm also not going to ask for the money, right? Or encourage you to invest. So that was a pretty interesting aha for me today because I, I, I would have thought that I was an operator who's becoming an artist, but really I think I'm landing in the entrepreneur space. And that was really fascinating for me because just a few years ago, probably right before I started doing the Dunday program, I definitely would not have said that. I've enjoyed marketing and enjoyed sales, things like that. But I think that if I was unable to, again, really connect, collaborate, partner, put the word out there, try different positioning and play, then entrepreneurship wouldn't be super fun for me. And that doesn't mean that I don't like the, the systems and processes, but um, I'm finding it harder and harder to handle the details. Um, and I do know that I'm not the best manager of people. Um, I think that I can be a really great leader, but I am not blessed with management skills. So just allowing that to be what it is. Okay, so lesson number four was, and this was again a conversation we had uh, at the Donald Miller conversation, or just like event slash retreat workshop, was that businesses have the long game and the short game. So Donald shared his like mission statement, and then he also shared how he uh, had planned to do these different workshops or courses or things like that for cash flow. And that was like the, maybe the first time that like I heard somebody express it like that, like so openly. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like you do stuff for cash flow, right? And like knowing what that is, um, it, it was a really, really uh, dynamic conversation because we were all trying to figure out again the strategy behind all this stuff. He was like, No, the strategy is that again, we were behind on our goals and we needed cash flow, so we did this, which was a low lift for XYZ123 reasons, and we were able to bridge the gap because I don't like to be behind and then have to catch up in the second half of the year. I'm like, Oh, okay, that is. So fascinating <laughs> um, because I think people always are like, you know, you're chipping away and, and it's all about the long game and all that sort of stuff. Or people are like obsessed about the short game, launch, 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 new stuff all the time. Right. And so to hear kind of that business is made up of both was very validating for me, which I don't know if it's validating for you, but <laughs> these are my lessons. Okay. So then lesson number five. Uh, we talked about um, Amazon and how Amazon has literally launched thousands of things in two, literally two, 
bring in the majority of revenue. Amazon Prime and Amazon Web Services. And I know I talked about this back in the episode about launching 10 offers in six months, but it's this idea of like the more we fail, like the quicker we find what works. And there's more at-bats, right? If you're using like a baseball term. So what I love about this is like um, the very detached nature, right? To things and not, I, I think too often people will be like, okay, I have this new thing coming and I'm gonna like do it behind the scenes for like years and then I'm gonna put all these branding behind it and then I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And literally, like, you put it out there and it flops and you spent all this money on beautiful branding and messaging and copy and all this stuff. And I'm not saying don't invest in those things, but I, I believe more in investing those things for proven opportunities. And so, you know, if that's the case, then you have to be committed to failing more, to be honest. As a recovering perfectionist, I think Jordan from 2016 literally reincarnated and like doesn't even know what to think of me. But I really like that. Like I feel... And not that I'm like out here trying to launch a bunch of different offers or anything, uh, but just the idea of testing and the idea of experimenting and the idea of not getting too wrapped up in what it should look like, what I want to look like. It's like get it out there and get the feedback and get the data. And the benefit of having a small business is that we get to be nimble, right? And we can make different decisions. And so, you know, we can look at corporate for you know, some of the way that they do things, you know, but at the same time, like they literally can like let things sit and see and afford the losses. And like as a small business, like you can't let things sit and see and afford the losses. Like that's just not, that's just not the very nature of small businesses. So that was lesson number five is creating more at-bats for your business, whether that's um, experimenting your messaging or experimenting with product offer suites or AB testing funnels or whatever the case is. And lesson number six is how valuable five minutes of someone's time is. And I guess this goes back to my like just overall obsession with VIP days, but um, each of us got to share our, what was it called? One-liner with Donna Miller and he get, would give us feedback. And it was five minutes max per person. And it was a really valuable five minutes. And I learned from every person's five minutes along with my own. And again, it's like this, this whole notion that you have to have months and hours and days and weeks of people's time in order to get like what you need out of them seems not silly, but just potentially unnecessary. 
and that doesn't mean never have long-term products but i just was like i noticed in my body the appreciation of the five minutes of like personal time we were there for five hours right and you know we all ask questions throughout the day however what i think really gave us all just like a boost was that he spent five minutes looking us eyeball to eyeball and supporting us in one area that we all could benefit from. And so the next time you think, oh gosh, okay, I have to create this really juicy like bonuses and blah blah and all the fancy stuff. Like we were at this dude's house, which was nice, obviously, but um, this dude's house and he had stuff catered in and like he just sat on his, you know, in his chair. He had like 20 slides he went through and we just, it was very conversational. It wasn't razzle-dazzle and it was great, you know? And so it just reminds me that like, again, we don't need all the razzle-dazzle all the time in order for it to be super impactful. And then the last lesson, I suppose, um, from again, my day-to-day was uh, product optimization. So what that like entails is understanding like which of your products are most and least profitable and thinking through you know referrals or affiliates or things like that thinking about retention thinking about just like again how much of your actual time as a business owner is is tied up and stuff and so that was a really impactful part. And I've always known, like, obviously you ideally want to sell the thing that's most profitable, generally speaking, but um, what are ways for you to reduce the pressure every month? And he even mentioned like, you know, my biggest expense is my team, which definitely was my biggest expense for a long time. And he was like, yeah, like the biggest thing is like looking at the operating expense account and being like, yep, $200,000 is, you know, leaving my bank account on the 15th and the 1st. And while I did not have $200,000, um, you know, um, team costs, I did have a significant chunk going out every month, um, every two weeks. And so it was like, wow, you're doing really well in revenue and you still kind of like gulp at the expenses of a team um, and whatnot. So that also just made me feel like, okay, like I'm not the only one who's just like, okay, that's a lot of money, like leaving my account and rightfully so. Right. Um, I- I'm not mad that I have to pay it by any means or had to pay it, but it's just like, okay, that's a lot. Right. And again, um, it, we had a lot of really good conversations about team as well, which I am really enjoying and, and figuring out um, and whatnot. Just as somebody who had a really big team, I don't say really big in the sense of corporate, but just really big in the sense of online. And um, again, reduced team in order to manage really my nervous system and recognizing my capacity to work and what I would have to do work-wise in order to uphold the revenue that we need to make in order 
for me to keep everybody on and it just was not sustainable. Um, so I had to make a lot of hard decisions and that's in the best interest of both people because I am not interested in, in dragging people through my crap. Um, and again, if I recognize that I'm not showing up as the leader that I know that I have been or that I could be, that something has to change, right? So, but we had a lot of conversations about team that again made me feel like, okay, I, you know, I'm not one to say that I know everything about team, but it, it gave me a lot of validation in how I cared about my team and and still care for the team members who are with me. Um, and yeah, just kind of what that what that looks like. But the product optimization part is really crucial because you know I am not looking to hire anytime soon. Um, However, I do want to maximize and leverage the people who are on the team right now, obviously, in the best way possible. And so how can I do that while also like honoring them as humans and allowing the ebbs and flows of their lives and whatever stuff they've got going on? Um, so that feels really good, too. Right. Uh, so that was my seventh lesson was, again, like optimizing your products. And it's OK if you, you know, one time launch something just because you launch something one time like that doesn't mean you have to like keep it available or open or keep launching it like it just it can be what it was and like that's okay which is also very wild because i think in our industry in the online space everyone's like never let it die like just keep selling it forever or throw it in a funnel or create this other thing and maximize and leverage and squeeze all the lemon juice out of the lemon and some days it's just like yeah no I'm just I'm done with that, you know, and that happens. So anyhow, I wanted to share all those lessons from today because one, I hope that you were able to take some stuff away as well, um, whether it was the same or a spin of what I'm saying. And then two, um, just also like what peer masterminds can look like um, if you've never been in one or you haven't been in ones that have been supportive of your goals or your intentions. And because, yeah, like even as I was talking with some of the folks, um, you know, late at night, we were just talking about, again, other experiences or other masterminds or other things that we were part of where the other folks in in that container, in that space, had different values than us or wanted different things from us. And like it, it was just a bit of a misalignment. And so there's such benefit. And I'm so grateful for being in a room full of people that like, like we all respect each other very much. Like some people went to bed like at 9.30. Some people, we stayed up till 12.30. Like some people will get up early, some people are introverts, some people will chitter chat the entire time, some people will like it's just like I don't know, it's 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 really quite nice. Um and it doesn't feel like anyone has to be someone that they're not in order to fit into the group. Like we all have our space and we all get to show up and be great and learn from each other. 
which is ultimately obviously what peer masterminds are about. So uh, with that being said, I hope that you enjoyed this very, very timely uh, podcast episode and uh, look forward to recording the next one for you to listen to. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for daily advice or LinkedIn if that's more of your jam. Let me know if anything resonated with you by DMing me or tagging me in stories.